Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. This is not Paul Charchian. It's a hostile takeover of Fantasy Football Weekly. It's It's a coup. It's Matt Harrison and Scott Fish as your hosts for the day. Uh, Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing really well. It's it's weird not having Charch on the show. Well, where is Charch today? I know you podcasted with him last week, and something something happened. Something he came yeah, down with something. Yeah, it's a medical issue. He has spontaneous dental hydroplosion. Oh no! Yeah, it's a disease that makes your teeth turn into liquid and then drip down your throat. That I think he should probably take the week off and es- go get checked especially out, especially as a radio guy. Yeah, I mean, toothless Charch, not not quite what we want. Wondering how many fans will will get that reference. <laughs> uh, last week on the show, you and Charch went over the first round uh, skill position players, fantasy players picked. We did. We broke it down. And, we broke down the main ones. And and now we've had a, we've had a week to kind of settle down and take a look at everything that happened. And we're yes. gonna we're gonna take a look at everybody who was drafted in rounds two through seven of the NFL draft, maybe mix in a few of the undrafted free agents that were, were interesting, but we're going to go position by position. We're going to start with the quarterback position. Uh, The next quarterback after Kenny Pickett off the board was kind of a surprise. Desmond Ritter goes to Atlanta at pick 74 in the third round. Only a surprise to me because Malik Willis is the hometown guy and was still on the board. So what do you think of Ritter? In Atlanta. I do. I, I like Ritter. Big, big 6'3", 211 guy. Strong arm quarterback. Uh, really cool, calm, collected type guy. He's um, cool? No, just <laughs> just in the pocket. Um, okay. Yeah. But Outside the pocket, he, he's a nerd. He was arguably one of the most NFL ready coming in. Yeah. Um, so I really like that landing spot. Uh, I, I don't know that Mariota is their long-term answer. I think that we could even see Ritter find find his way into that lineup sooner than later, just be, just because he he's not coming in as a complete project where other quarterbacks are. He's coming in as as a guy who might be able to take the reins. And one of the things I heard kind of as a theme throughout the draft is most of these teams that were quarterback needy didn't feel like they wanted to take one in the first round because that speeds up your rebuild clock as a coaching staff. Yeah, you're like, oh, now we got to go. Now we got to now we got to put a good product on the field yeah. and. Uh, a team that you know and isn't team, in a rebuild process is Tennessee, who right. took Malik Willis later in the third round. Yeah, and teams don't seem to care as much as that about that fifth year option anymore. We're seeing those not be picked up at a very high rate nowadays. Yeah. 
Uh, well, it's coming at a hefty price tag, those fifth-year options. So, Yep, yep. Uh, Malik Willis, yeah, out of Liberty, which they, they routinely said was a very basic, simple offense that he ran, and maybe that's why that's why he, <laughs> he dropped a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a project. But, you know, big arm, good runner. Um, few question marks, but uh, he lands in a Tennessee landing spot where he's going to be behind Tannehill probably for a year, maybe two. I don't Tannehill's know. has got two years left he, on that contract. Yeah, he's, so. he, yeah, Malik will have a spot to, uh, you know, hopefully learn from Tannehill if he's willing. It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> Although it did sound like the Tennessee coaching staff was willing to kind of use Malik Willis as kind of a, a gadget quarterback. They were yeah. going to get him on the field for plays and, and use him oh, for, for I love things that here Taysom Hill role. Oh, it, it, it wouldn't be Taysom Hill role. Which no. any, any, if anything, it kind of torpedoes some of the value of Ryan Tannehill if, if we know that Malik Willis might be on the field for a few snaps here and there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had seven rushing touchdowns last year. Ryan Tannehill is <laughs> he's a, the best rushing quarterback in the a, league. <laughs> he is a good rushing quarterback. Like he's, he's good, at least good at the goal line running the ball. So I don't know how much it, it torpedoes it. I, I don't know that either of these guys are guys you want to be looking at in redraft leagues. Maybe, maybe super flex is your like third, fourth quarterback or something. Sure. If you're going that deep uh, dynasty, you know, there's, there's something to like about both it. I think, you could make the case that you should have Ritter above Willis at this point. Though. Uh, the third of the third round quarterbacks that was drafted probably has the best chance of starting right out of camp. That's Matt Corral quarterback out of Mississippi who goes to the Carolina Panthers at pick 94. Yeah. Matt Coral is, is uh, it Coral? Yeah. I okay. So <laughs> I, I, I thought it was okay. Corral, but uh, well, you know, it, it, let's, let's just go with it either way. All uh, right. But I've always said Coral. Um, yeah, yeah, it it is most likely spot that he could beat out Darnold. Like Darnold looked pretty bad a lot the the times he was healthy and playing last year. It's it's a depth chart he can ascend on. Um, man, he does have weapons too. He's got some weapons. Yeah, it's, there's definitely weapons there with McCaffrey, DJ yeah. Moore, uh, Robbie like, Anderson still be, there, I believe. Being this year's Davis Mills, even though Davis Mills got in. Uh, you know, because Deshaun Watson didn't play, but being this year's Davis Mills, the, the third rounder that can ascend um, and take a starting job and, and do decently be a, you know, take a chance on me type uh, quarterback on, on occasions. I could see that for, for man. You think that he's definitely going to get some starts this year, one way or another, whether or not he's the starter in week one, he, I believe that he's going to get some starts as the season. Yeah. Long. If you don't have a franchise quarterback or a quarterback playing at an MVP level, like like Alex Smith was when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. If you don't have one of those, it's hard to imagine a team floundering, not getting their, you know, their rookie quarterback in there to at least see what they got. There were a couple other quarterbacks drafted. They're not all super fantasy relevant, but Sam Howell in the fifth round, or is it Howell? No, it's, okay. it's, it's Howell out of North Carolina. Uh, he goes to the Washington commanders, which I'm having trouble like remembering. Yeah. It's, he he's a guy that can do a lot of deep throwing. He's, he's not, not huge. Uh, he is athletic, brings some scrambling ability. Um, it, 
I think this, the, we're only talking about this one because we both don't really think there's much in Carson Wentz. I know, I know, I know that you feel very burned by Carson I Wentz do, last because, year. I do. Wentz I, actually didn't have statistically as bad of a season no, as some but led he on. Looked but bad. But, but <laughs> the, the mistakes he made mistakes, were, were yes. big mistakes at, at opportune times for the defense. I just felt going back to Frank Reich, who he had that great year with and having the best offensive line he's ever had. I thought he would be, I thought most of his problems were being sacked and shell-shocked so much in Philly. Yeah. And now I think he might just be broken. That could very well be. And uh, Sam Howell and I believe Taylor Heineke is still on that depth chart in Washington as We're well. going through these at lightning speed, Matt. Well, that's what we do. We want to get all of the information to the listeners of Fantasy Football Weekly as quickly as possible. And by the way, join the Fantasy Football Weekly community on Twitter uh, I will tweet it out. I bet Scott will probably tweet it out too. So you can find at Scottfish24 or at Explosive Output, and uh, you can find the link to join the Fantasy Football Weekly community. Ask questions, mm-hmm. get advice. It doesn't go out publicly. So if you want to hide Ooh. it from your league mates, or it's just in our own little club. Ooh, and, uh, you know, find a, find a league. I know that I've seen a few people out there, you know, looking for some owners for their for their uh, fantasy league. So that's a good place to, uh, to start because you know, you're finding great fantasy football fans Mm -hmm. in the fantasy football weekly community. Let's move on to the running back position and probably the two most interesting guys from a fantasy perspective out of the rookie class come at the running back position and they come at pick 36 and 41. We'll start with Brees Hall who goes to the New York jets who, I mean, the first four picks of the New York Jets, four picks in, in the first 36, and they all look like absolute steals. Brees Hall suddenly becomes super interesting. Does this spell death for Michael Carter? I don't think complete death. I think the NFL has gotten to this point, and we saw it last year with the 17-game schedule where multiple, they want mul- most teams want multiple backs involved. There, there's, I think the bell cow back is really going by the wayside. Like we, we used to do a bell cow, bell cow segment in August. And I feel like that's going to be like four backs. It might be. Yeah. It's, it's really getting down there. Uh, Brees Hall is a guy who can be like a three down foundational type, you know, bell cow back, but they got Michael Carter who can play and they have, uh, they have, you know, pass catching backs in that rotation. Uh, <sighs> I feel like eventually Brees Hall is going to take over the role. We're talking about like a, a 5'11", 217 pound, like sub 4'4 guy who can catch passes. Like mm-hmm. everything. And, and you look at his production uh, at Iowa State, it just, he screams a guy that can take a full workload. But they've talked, they want a one two punch. And yeah. that's, that's got to be scary unless there's an injury. I think. I think he's still a viable candidate in that late third around the corner into the fourth round. He could be your RB one. He's he's, if he's your RB two, that's, that's a wonderful spot. Do you think that Brees Hall follows a similar trajectory to what Jonathan Taylor did in his rookie year where he wasn't quite featured. He wasn't quite featured. And then by the end of the year, it kind of showed here's, here's, and, and, and he became the feature back in the Colts offense. The, the problem is I like, I think Michael Carter is a better and more complete back that you saw. You saw him not than Brees Hall, than, yeah. than Marlon Mack or Naheem Hines, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's going to be a little tougher to fight that off, especially if uh, Nick Sirano wants, wants to have that one, two punch. Yeah. Uh, another guy who has a legitimate shot of carving out a huge role is Kenneth Walker. He goes to the Seattle Seahawks, who 
Or sorry, Robert Sala. I was thinking. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Walker goes to the Seahawks where he's only got Rashad Penny in front of him. Um, I, I think that this is a very interesting landing spot for Walker because Penny's obviously had that injury history. He's only flashed those like four or five weeks in his entire career. And Seattle is a spot where they do bell cow their backs. They do. <laughs> when it's when they have one that they feel confident in. I, I love the I love this spot because there's so much talk pre-draft about Kenneth Walker. Can he catch passes? He caught like 19 balls in his three years at, yeah. at Michigan State or whatever, 17 or 19, something like that. 19, under 20 passes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it, he went to a spot where they throw to their running backs like 13% of the time. Like Drew Locke in his full season threw to the running backs like 13, like 49 completions to running backs okay. for the full year. Like, yeah, that's went, not much. He went to a spot where he's not going to have to catch passes. That's true. So um, we're, n- we're not sure if that with that neck injury, Carson is ever going to play again. I mean, he might, but we, he, yeah, he might not play again. Pen- I've kind of written off Chris Carson. I have a little bit too. too. Penny did look really good at that end of the year. Uh, but this is this is about as perfect a landing spot as you can get for Kenneth Walker or Ken Walker. Apologies, he wants to be called Ken. So I, Ken Walker sounds like my lawyer. Ah. Hi, Ken Walker. <laughs> nice to meet you. Uh, let's talk about Dalvin Cook's little brother. That's James Cook, who ends up in yes. Buffalo. And this is an interesting landing spot. Buffalo does cycle their backs a lot, but I think this pushes Zach Moss it, maybe off the roster. Possibly. A- and it's Devin Singletary and James Cook who are the two-headed monster in Buffalo. And, and James Cook comes in as like very clearly, we're talking a Grand Canyon-sized gap, the best pass catcher. Um, All right. Better, better pass catcher than his brother, Dalvin. Um, it, the, this is a really, really good landing spot for James Cook because they kept, they kept trying to make things like Matt Breida happen, mm-hmm. you know, as a pass catching option. Stop they, trying to make Matt Breida happen. <laughs> yeah. They were looking for something. And I think that they decided at the end of the year, Devin Singletary was just their best option. And he was, and he was decent. He put up some good mm-hmm. fantasy days, but James, James Cook is just a little more, I guess I would say versatile mm-hmm. just because of the pass catching. And he's a guy that, you know, makes you miss when he gets the ball in his hands. I can see them being a rotation though. They're probably going to be a, a rotation. And Buffalo is a team that I think down the stretch last year figured out that their bread was buttered by having the ball in Josh Allen's hands on every play. Yeah. Um, he was running the ball a lot more. He was passing the ball significantly more. I think that that bodes well for James Cook as the pass catching back. Somebody who can it's just a high run volume a route offense. and go out, go out in the flat. He's he's going to be an interesting play. Yeah. Where do you think James Cook is drafted in 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 July, in Ooh. August? Boy, so I I just did my first. I, I did a mock draft with the CBS guys, like yeah. a first, like on Tuesday. Our, the CBS's first draft past uh, the NFL draft, mm-hmm. first mock draft. And I believe he went somewhere in the ninth to 10th round. That sounds about which, right right now. You know, right around where you're grabbing your RB threes and fours. I can see a little hype moving him up. If, if there's any, you know, positive word and people, people love those pass catching backs sure. in PPR leagues. So I can, I can see a slight bump, but I feel like that's a fair spot. Okay. Once, once you've got your starting running backs and wide receivers and you're looking for those high upside bench guys, yeah. a pass catching running back in a high volume offense is seven, is eight, nine, 10 range sure. kind of in there. Yeah. I have no problems with people, you know, reaching around for one. That's of those. right. Uh, we are big fans of the reach around here on fantasy football weekly. Uh, let's move on to the third round where Rashad, Rashad yes. White, 
Another pass uh, catcher. Uh, he was taken by Tampa. Yes. Uh, interesting landing spot here, though, since Gio Bernard is still on the roster. He's kind of a pass catching back. And but Leonard, Leonard Fournette caught like seventy some passes Fournette has last been year. one of the better pass catching backs in the last two years. Yeah, and the thing is, Leonard Fournette signed a three year deal. Like it's. I, it wasn't just a one year, like he signed a one year deal when he came over to the sure. box to be with Brady, but he signed a three year deal, <laughs> like a three year, $21 million deal. That, that that's a little rougher for me with, uh, with as far as loving Rashad white as an option here. And Tom Brady is a guy who seems to need to trust his pass catchers. Absolutely. Like we've seen it a lot. And I think he's going to have more tr- trust in what he passed with Burt Fournette last with year. A and with a couple of veterans. So this is a depth play, this, right? This is, I don't even know that it's a great redraft play, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a dynasty play for the, for the long term. I see. Tyrion Davis price yeah. is another third round back drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. They do this every year. I love that you go Tyrion and just Ty Davis Price. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I want to talk talk about Game of Thrones. So. Okay, yeah, I like it. Uh, oh, and it is written out on this. Yeah, uh, like he was drafted as okay. <laughs> Ty Davis Price. Yes, uh, it, it. He went to San Francisco. He's in that rotation. You know, like they use a lot of backs. They lost Mostert uh, to Miami to go mm-hmm. be with Mike McGregor down there. Um, uh, Mike McDaniel, excuse me. Yeah, that's the second time I've gotten a coach name wrong on this show. I, we we should take a break after the running backs. <laughs> we probably let will. Me reset. Yeah. Mike McGregor, Mike, Mike McDaniel. Uh, I, I'm glad you didn't say Mike McGruber or something y- like that. Your your hope is that you know he gets to be part of that rotation. Like the the pr- only problem is Shanahan when Elijah Mith- Mitchell was healthy, he was getting 20, 22, 24, 30 touches. Yeah. You know, if he continues with that, there's not much room for Ty Davis price. Uh, the Trey sermon truthers are, are they dead? I don't think so. I don't, I, I mean, I can see people taking guys like Ty Davis price and, and Trey sermon and, and guys like that at the very, very Jeff Wilson's coming back. So um, <laughs> a four headed beast yeah. in Shanahanigans again in yeah. San Francisco. Elijah Mitchell's the only one I really want to invest any true capital in. Brian Robinson out of Alabama went to Washington. I hate it. I hate it too. Oh my gosh. It, it just ruins everything for me there because JD McKissick didn't leave. Antonio Gibson's still there. What are we doing? What happened, Riverboat Ron? You're like, I, I think Antonio Gibson, in his range of outcomes, could be the Christian McCaffrey of our offense. And they get they go steal J.D. McKissick back from Buffalo after he was about to sign with Buffalo. So they got their pass catcher. And we yeah. saw J.D. take a lot of pass catching work when healthy. And then they get, grab a bulldozing running back like Brian Robinson. Is he going to he's he going to take that 10 plus touchdowns each year that Antonio Gibson has had? Is he going to be the goal line back? Yeah. yeah. Did we lose Antonio Gibson's touchdowns and his pass catching to, you know, the second and third back? That's that, awful. It's rough. <laughs> Antonio Gibson could see a, a major drop in drafts. And and if Brian Robinson doesn't take those goal line the goal line carries and whatnot, he could be a Gibson could actually be a pretty decent value. Yeah, absolutely. With that drop. Uh, in the fourth round, Damian Pierce was selected by the Houston Texans. And this is one of those guys. It's kind of under the radar right now because he was like the seventh running back off the board. Right. This guy might have the chance to get the most carries and touches from the running back position in year one, because he's really only going against Rex Burkhead in Houston. 
Yeah, that this is a depth chart thing. Um, you know, he he went about where people you know thought he would go fourth, fifth. You know, early yep. day three. Um, it, <laughs> it's yeah, he, he's people like him. He's good, uh, but it's really a depth chart thing, as you mentioned. Yeah, um, another couple of depth chart guys that are kind of interesting. Zamir White goes to the Las Vegas Raiders, who declined the fifth year option on Josh Jacobs. So. Maybe uh, if Zamir White flashes a little bit, he might be the starting back in Las Vegas in a year. Yeah, I think the thing with it's exactly with that that they did not pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth year option, so Zamir White could you know take over that role in a year. He's he's like a big bruising downhill type runner, uh, tough to bring down. Um, I could see that working well with an offense that's already spreading you out with Waller and Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Derek Carr passing for four thousand yards, thirty plus touchdowns. Um, Zamir White's a decent fit there. I I really like that spot for him. Uh, a guy who, but again, in redraft, I don't know. Like, yeah, they got Jacobs, they got Kenyon Drake that he's going to have to work for it. He's going to have to work for it, but you know, everybody likes the new guy, right? Yep. Uh, Isaiah Spiller was drafted by the Los Angeles chargers and he was a guy that I was a little bit excited about going into draft season. Maybe, maybe finding a good landing spot and taking over a bell cow role, but He's certainly behind Austin Eckler in the pack, the pecking order. Yeah. I think that he does to get that Justin Jackson role though. Yes. I think he, ta- I think this is one of those situations where they drafted a, a back to soak up the Justin Jackson, Josh Kelly, like, um, Larry Roundtree, Larry Roundtree, like suck up all of that, yeah. you know, and be this. My only concern here is that like, he's a bigger you know, back, he's got that three down skill set, so he can take over for Eckler as, as a backup. But my worry is once again, do they pull Eckler from goal lines? I hope they don't. Eckler has been a beast down by the goal line. He was, he, he never was before last year, but last year he was great. So Mm -hmm. I just hope that they don't do that. But Spiller is a nice, is a nice complimentary back for that. that Absolutely. Uh, we're only going to mention a couple more running backs before we take a break. One of them is, uh, Tyler. I think it's, Algier. Al- is it Algier? Yeah. Okay. It, that one's that one's tough. I'm still learning all the pronunciations. It's going to be new, you know. No, this is a big boy. <laughs> He's a big boy. He goes to Atlanta. That's the big deal too. And and he offsets the the shiftiness and craftiness of Cordero Patterson in Atlanta. He's definitely the thunder to CP84's lightning. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is and it's also, we saw at times Cordell Patterson move away from that starting running back role and, and they would, uh, they'd have Mike Davis who mm-hmm. the, the Falcons have now released, yep. uh, take over that role. Um, I think it's a spot where Algier could win the starting job at some point this season. And, that, and they move Patterson to like a Debo Samuel like weapon. Absolutely. They, they'll move him around. Uh, I will say they did pick up Damian Williams. Um, so that's, that's probably the only cog in that, you know, that possible, you know, line for Algier to just take it over. I'm not worried about like Allison. We know what we have there, sure. but, uh, Damian Williams is going to be an interesting cog in that. So I think it'll be those two fighting for, for the main role, but Algier, you can get at the end of your draft mm-hmm. and he might win. He might be one of those league winner types that he takes the role by the end of the year. 
Kyron Williams joins the Rams running back depth chart, right. taking over for our Sony Michelle, who is, uh, has been jettisoned off. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's not crazy, but he was really good. Sony Michelle was really good last year for a lot of parts. Like he yeah. was a very fantasy viable guy. Um, a lot of RB two typed. He had RB one games. Sure. Uh, at the end of last year, uh, Daryl Henderson should be healthy. Cam Akers should be healthy. Yep. Um, although, Neither looked that great at the end of last year. I'm not as worried about Cam Akers as some people, but uh, it's it's a spot where, you know, if there's another injury mm-hmm. or if uh, McVay wants to give either of those two guys rests, he could, he could have a spot. It's more of a dynasty play. I don't see it, but it's, it's a guy to have on your mind yeah. if injuries come up. McVay used to be a bell cow coach with Todd Gurley at the helm, but since yeah. then... He's he's spelled his running backs a lot more. I think it's enough injuries that yeah. have <laughs> absolutely put him into that. Uh, last guy we'll mention uh, goes to Kansas City. Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco. I'm yeah, learning, learning just, all the pronunciation. He's out of Rutgers, yeah, but Pacheco, he goes in the yep. in the seventh round to Kansas City. Yeah, just th- this is one of those things where he's going to a really good spot, and if you hate Ceh and you you hate uh, Ronald Ronald Jones, Jones yeah. Um, this is a guy with absurd athletic mag- metrics, like a ridiculous speed burst score. Like he's a very athletic top of the line guy in those respects and, and fairly productive. Um, that's, <laughs> that's just one of those that he landed in just the right spot that you can, you can you feasibly can make justify on a dynasty roster stashing oh, him at the should, end for yeah, sure. Yeah. You should definitely be stashing him at the end. I probably not redraft. You're not looking at grabbing him in redraft, but no. another one, keep the name in mind. If something happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll be talking about him if something happens for sure. All right, let's take a quick break, Scott. Um, let's get a word from some of your favorite sponsors oh, that boy. are about to uh, advertise with fantasy football weekly. And we'll be back in just a second. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. 
along with Scott Fish at Scott Fish 24 because he loves Ken Griffey Jr. so much. <laughs> it is why. It is why. I know. It is why. Uh, let's talk about um, some of the guys. I, I just want to quickly brush over some of the tight ends because this was probably a the worst tight end draft we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. No tight ends in the first round, only one in the second round. And it's Trey McBride who ends up in Arizona where he's going to be backing up Zach Ertz in Arizona. I don't foresee a lot of huge production from any of these tight ends, but he was the first one taken. So what do you think of Trey McBride? Yeah, the, it's, I think I like Trey McBride a little bit more now that DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six games. <laughs> the, normally uh, a backup to Zach Ertz, you're, you're probably not going to not feeling like you're going to see much, but uh, there's a chance he gets some play in. I don't really like any of these tight ends, that, the four tight ends that we might talk about here quickly yeah. for redraft, but Trey McBride just in a spot behind Zach Ertz, who's getting older, not much left uh, on the, you know, probably not much left on the contract and, and, and whatnot. It might be a good spot down the line. They could put it in decent draft capital on him. Jelani Woods joins the Colts uh, opposite Mo Alley Cox because uh, Jack Doyle is no longer with the Colts. Uh, Woods could probably fill that second tight end role, I think. But uh, if it's me, I probably would, if I'm going to draft a Colts tight end, which is not very likely, Mo Alley Cox is my guy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, Moy Ali Cox should be your guy, but Jelani Woods is a, he's, he's a little bit of a project. So you're not like, this is more of a deep thing, but he is a hyper athletic. Like you saw him at the combine, just very fast, six foot seven, 253 pounds. Like he's a giant, fast, big target, big physical mismatch. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely a deeper target, but I, I love his athletic profile and, and that could, you know, pay off. Denver gets Greg Dulcich oh, in the man. third round, uh, replacing Noah Fant, but Albert O yes. uh, is, is probably the top tight end in Denver. This yeah. Year. Albert Okwebunum, uh took a hit with this pick. Um, Greg Dulcich is, uh, Greg Dulcich is like a, a guy who can split coverages. He can go deep. Um, He's, he's a, he's a fast, big play machine that can line up anywhere. Um, this is, this was a spot that I loved Albert O sitting there. And now you basically have two guys that can do a lot of that stuff. You know, we, we always say on fantasy football weekly, rookie tight ends. Oh, rarely yeah. ever do squat. Yeah. So I, I think I mean, we'll give the, give the advantage to Albert. O oh, still, absolutely. But, uh, absolutely. Uh, Dulcich is a hitch in the giddy up. Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio state goes to the jets yeah. in the third round uh, jets reloading at the tight end position. Yeah. And he, and he state and he goes back home to New York where he, you know, grew up went to high school, et cetera. So he's, he's staying in town and mostly it's a, who else is the tight ends on the jets? Like he has a line to CJ Uzoma. Get, yeah. CJ Uzoma. And, t- and, and Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin yeah. So lot, lots of, uh, lots of mouths to feed in front of him. Yeah. It's, it's a spot where he could like, he might be the most, eh, I was gonna I was going to say he might be the most athletic, but CJ Ozama is pretty athletic. Yeah. It might take a little while for record, but he's a, he's a guy to dynasty grab. All right, let's move on to the wide receiver position. We're not going to talk about the top six wide receivers who went in the draft. Cause you guys covered that last week. And if you missed that show, go to your favorite podcast platform, 
find the show from last week and talk about the first round picks. But uh, the first wide receiver off the board in the second round was with the second pick in the second round. Uh, Green Bay trades with Minnesota, moves up and gets North Dakota State's Christian Watson. Uh, this one's very interesting yeah. as the, the depth chart seems very wide open for Watson to come in and maybe become Aaron Rodgers' favorite target yeah. if he's ready to deliver. I, I think I still think Lazard's going to be that guy for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has trust issues. What? With, with no. His, with everybody in it, his it, life. It, it really feels like he really needs to trust the guys he's throwing to, and, and you see it on his face when when players that he doesn't make mistakes. Um, I, I feel like this is this is going to be... Aaron Rodgers trusted Robert Tanyan, uh, especially down yep. near the goal line. He trusts Randall Cobb. He trusts Alan Lazard, and he uh, and he trusts Aaron Jones in the passing game. Sure. I think I think Christian Watson has a line because he's like a six foot four, two hundred pound, good wide receiver that they grabbed. It could have been a first round pick, but mm-hmm. really they grabbed him a couple picks into the second round. Um, but man, I. I, I think people are going to be a little higher on him just because of his placing on that wide receiver depth chart than yep. they probably should. Uh, I will mention that Green Bay did draft two other wide receivers in this one. Romeo Dubes. Dubs. Dubs. Romeo Dubs. I actually like him. Uh, I, he's out of Nevada, and he went in the fourth round. Let, and then Samore Toure in the seventh round near the end of the draft. So let, the Packers are trying to reload at wide receiver. Let's talk about Dubs need. for a second. Yeah. He's a big contested catch, strong striding guy that can get deep. Um, I actually, you know, like neither I'm not, I wouldn't take him over Christian Watson because, because he's not going to get that kind of play time and volume, but he's a really interesting stash, especially in dynasty or the very last round of your, um, of, of your redraft league, depending on how deep your rosters are. Sure. But I could see him making, making some plays, a sneaky best ball guy. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second wide receiver off the board in the second round was a little bit of a surprise for me, at least, uh, because, because there's a lot of guys later in this list that I like quite a bit better. Wandale Robinson out of Kentucky. He goes to the Giants yeah, and find, a, and find a very yourself, stacked wide receiver room. Find yourself someone who loves you as much as the Giants love drafting and getting in free agency smaller slot guys. Like, <laughs> Yeah, their entire team is slot wide receivers. For, 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 for so long, they're like, let's bring in Golden Tate. Let's bring in Sterling Shepard. Let's bring, like, yeah. everybody's got to be a, you know, slot guy. Um yeah, yeah, that's what you're getting here. He's, <laughs> I, I do like Wandale Robinson. He, he, he is flashy. He can get, he can make things happen. He's elusive. Um, he's very small though. He's like five eight, one seventy something. I, I, I'm struggling to remember his exact size. What but this move says to me though, five is eight, one seventy. They're really going to get rid of Kadarius Tony off this roster if they're spending he, he a second to be round traded. wide receiver. And I don't think that they had any suitors for Tony, a trade here. Yeah, so many. Uh, I, I think Kadarius Tony's probably gone from New York before the season begins. That'd be interesting. Uh, John Mechie goes to the Houston Texans. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins ahead of him, but uh, he's, Mechie, he's a guy, Mechie could be a guy who, who comes in and, and starts. Yeah, he's a guy that kind of fell behind, routinely fell behind the guys at Alabama because there's so much talent on Alabama. And... Uh, coming out of high school, like he was one of the best high school prospects out there um, before he changed his name. Uh, but yeah, what this, did he change his name the, to? <laughs> to John Mechie. What was but, it before? Uh, 
I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> was it still John? It's been, it's been about four years uh, <laughs> uh, since uh, I've had I've looked into that. But, okay. Um, an interesting play for for sure for Mechie in Houston because they're probably going to be behind in a lot of games. They're probably going to have to pass uh, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. No, no strangers to the injury report. So Mechie could be a guy that we could be taking a chance on in October or November. Yeah, it's uh, where was I going with uh, before I got off topic on on his, on his name on his name. I'm sorry, change. I did that to you. The wheels are spinning still. You're like, I, I can't handle it anymore. Yeah. I need to know what John Mechie's name was I, before. I, th- I think I was just going to, I think I was just going to say that, uh, you know, it's, it's a limited depth chart that he could, he could, he can get up to that second or third wide receiver role there. Yeah. Um, at the 50th pick in round two, the new England Patriots select Tyquan Thornton wide receiver out of Baylor. Because he was selected by the Patriots, are you immediately writing him off? Yeah, I might just be wrong on his name change. <laughs> I looked it up and I'm, I am not finding it. And I thought I remembered he had a name change, but maybe not. Okay. Maybe he's in the witness protection program or something be, along it, those yes, lines. Yes, it's been scrubbed from the internet. Thornton, are you so, in on so, Thornton? Someone is going to tweet me and be like, you're thinking of X. And I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, it was that guy. Okay. Uh, uh, Thornton. New England. Yeah. Nothing. Eh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a okay landing spot because he, he, he lands, he's going to be fighting with Jacoby Myers and I I guess Devontae Parker when healthy. Um, but no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking much about it except for long-term. I'm more interested in the next guy, the wide receiver factory. That is the Pittsburgh Steelers selects George Pickens in the middle of the second round. Yeah. Tyquan Thornton is a guy that I didn't even have in my like top 15 wide receivers pre-draft. Then, <laughs> Scott, and, every time I introduce the new guy, you go backwards. Well, it's, it just re- re- reminds me that in the first round, the Patriots took a guy that most people thought would go in the third and this wide receiver. I'm like, man, go. <laughs> all right. So, George Pickens. So, I do love though. So Pickens, he was a guy who, you know, had the personal red flags kind of a thing, a yes. uh, little immature, got in fights, that kind of thing. But uh heck of a wide receiver for the Georgia Bulldogs and uh, Pickens figures to slot into the, you know, Juju Smith Schuster role behind Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Yeah. And he, maybe he could be more. Yeah. And before the, before the ACL, he was awesome, made crazy good plays. And after the ACL, uh, he came back and he showed he still could do it. I, I love this landing spot. Um, this is such a typical Pittsburgh thing. All, uh, you know, Juju Smith Schuster and Mike Wallace and, and all these guys, like, like Deontay Johnson, this is the final year of his contract. Just keep drafting wide and, receivers and, like, and let them go. Just keep bringing these talented wide receivers yep. and just let not pay and let, let them walk. I think they, you know, they paid Antonio Brown, but that like rare exception, it seems like, um, no, I, I really like this spot cause I'm a big George Pickens fan. He's, he's like a four, four, five or four, four, five, four, four, seven guy. He's a big six, three, one ninety five. They can, the dives at balls, makes contested catches. Can, like he can do a lot on the field. This was the middle of the wide receiver run in the second round where Thornton went 50, Pickens went 52. At 53, Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati goes to the Indianapolis yeah. Colts. And 
he could slide into the wide receiver two spot uh, behind Michael Pittman. A lot of people are, yeah, a lot of people are really interested. He's another big body guy that, uh, big, big six foot three guy that, uh, um, it's a good spot. You know, you got Matt Ryan there. You got, you don't have a lot on the, on the wide receiver depth chart. So like it is a spot where he could, he could find his way to squeeze. He is a second rounder. That's enough draft capital to get him, you know, a decent amount of, you know, targets early on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the more interesting picks in the last wide receiver taken went just the next pick in round two. That was Sky Moore going yeah. to Kansas City. There was some steam that Sky Moore might might have been a late first round guy. Yeah. And, and some had mocked him to Kansas City already with picks 29 or 30. But Kansas City gets him at 54. What do you think of Sky Moore in this giant Kansas City weird depth chart of death. Yeah. So in that mock I did on, on Tuesday with the CBS guys and and some industry guys, he was the first wide receiver off the board, which kind of shocked me. The first rookie wide receiver. First rookie wide. I took, uh, I took Burks, uh, Traylon Burks, a few picks later. And then if like Drake Lynn, the, like it was, it was in a row, but Skymore went first, which I was really high on Skymore going into, into the draft. He slipped further than I, and below wide receivers. I didn't think he should. Mm-hmm. I believe I had Skymore sixth or seventh uh, on my wide receiver ranks going into the draft. Yeah. He's a, he's a good route runner. He's a slippery. <laughs> we used slippery a lot last week, judge. <laughs> but a uh, playmaking wide receiver, quick feet. He's, he's only like five, nine or so, but he's like 200 pounds, yeah. you know, and he's, he's like a four, four guy. So, um, fast, He's got some build to him, even though he's shorter. Yeah. The depth chart there, though, we got Nicole Hardman returning. We have Juju Smith-Schuster there, presumably to play the slot. We have Marquez Valdez-Scantling that's there. They also took a flyer on Justin Ross in undrafted free agency. Uh, So Sky Moore is going to have to really prove himself. But uh, definitely, like you said with the last guy, the draft capital to get him on the field for something. All right, uh, let's move on to the third round. Uh, Chicago, you know, gets that help that they so richly deserve for Justin Field, and it's Vilas Jones out of Tennessee. Vilas Jones is 25 years old. Yeah, that's that's it's, old it's for insane. a rookie. Like we're we're barely going to spend time on this. It's only worth mentioning because they reached so far for him. Yeah, um, I I honestly did not know much about Velas Jones before, but we we will mention him being taken here. Do you wonder if he'll be more special teams? Like it could be, but they don't have very many pass catchers on that Chicago offense right yeah, now. That, that's that's part of part of what it is. Is that. Um, they don't have many pass catchers and there's already been reports that he's, you know, like locked in with, uh, Justin Fields at camp. Like already, apparently they're, they're, they're really developing chemistry. And that's why we mentioned him because it's Darnell Mooney and like, it's probably going to be him. Yeah, it could be. Um, although man, there's something about Justin Fields. I don't know if I trust him as a passer still. I just don't know if I trust him as a passer. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, he goes to the Dallas Cowboys in the middle of the third round. He's from South Alabama. Yeah. He's kind of a, a gadgety guy, it looks like, that uh, maybe fills that Cedric Wilson role. Yeah, but he he's also a tall you know, a taller guy, bigger guy. And he, he played primarily outside, even though he can do that. Like, he yep. d- does go over the middle and whatnot. Um I, I keep trying to talk myself more and more into him because a lot of people I really respect are talking themselves into him. Yeah. So I, I guess I, 
I feel like I want to if, go. If in you it. have to be talked into it, it's probably not a good sign. No, it, it's it's an okay <laughs> landing spot in that he's not good. Like he's not going to see the CD Lamb or Michael Gallup co- coverage, right? Sure. Like absolutely. Cedric Wilson is gone, yep. so um, it, it's the a depth spot. chart's kind of clear. Yeah, and, and they do throw three wide receivers out there a lot. So like there are lots of things to like about this. All right, very good. Uh, I think the last guy we'll mention in this podcast that's gone. Quite long, actually. Uh, David Bell of Purdue ends up in Cleveland in the middle of the third round. Uh, The interesting part about David Bell is Donovan Peoples-Jones has not flashed really at all. Yeah. And Amari... I I, I disagree with you right there. Okay. (laughs) I feel like he's flashed. It's been few and far between. I think, yeah, I think it's the reverse. He hasn't been consistent. He's flashed. Uh, Amari Cooper is... Really, the the main wide receiver on the roster, David Bell, could work his way into maybe being yeah. the second wide receiver on the Browns. Yep, he absolutely could, and it, you know, he. I I feel fairly if, if Deshaun Watson does does play, that's a pretty good situation to have a good passer like that. And if Baker Mayfield gets out of his own head. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Baker Mayfield plays another snap for the Browns ever again. E- even if Watson's suspended, even if Watson's think, suspended, I think that he's like uh, you can trade me, or I'm going to hand the ball off to the defense. Okay. <laughs> I think okay. I think they burned him so bad that I think that he will never play for yeah. Cleveland again, no matter what. The pros on David Bell is he can line up everywhere, and he's he's good after the catch. Yeah. Um, which which is good for the Browns there. Um, I was going to mention, I was going to mention something on Jalen Tolbert and I'm doing it again. You're doing it again. Um, I was thinking about the Dallas depth chart and they've had, you know, injuries there and Uh their, their receivers miss time to be a top two option in that offense. Yeah. Is really, really productive. Yeah. And Michael Gallup's coming back from a significant injury. So, so that, that, that's another really nice line for Jalen Tolbert to be drafted at, you know. Double-digit rounds of your redraft leagues. Scott, is there any guy who went in the fourth round or later that you're like, hey, I want to I want to throw a dart on this guy. I want to make sure that I roster him on my deep dynasty league roster, maybe even throw a dart well, as a 20th round pick in a best ball. Well, I think I think a lot of these guys um, I think a lot of these guys are going to be drafted in most dynasty leagues, depending mm-hmm. on the depth of of the dynasty leagues. But the one guy I would I would probably cape to a little bit is Khalil Shakir, who uh, out of Boise State went to uh, Buffalo. Yep. Um, it's it's pairing him with Josh Allen for the long term. Um, he he's he's a guy that you know he's probably going to be behind Gabriel Davis and, and Stephon Diggs. But every once in a while, those third receivers have gotten in there. They they've they've you know. Pared down that. Depth I mean, chart Gabriel this, Davis was a prime year. example because he was the fourth wide receiver and he scored four touchdowns against the Chiefs in in the playoffs. So, yep. uh, yeah, if 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 a player gets hot in Buffalo, they continue to feed him. Yeah, that's that that's the one that's that's drafted. You know, down that down the list a little further. That that's an, that's an interesting spot for for a decent wide receiver. All right, Scott. I think we did a good job covering uh, everything that Charge didn't do today because yeah. he's uh he's uh I, I i i just got a text from him it says he's still suffering from cotard's delusion oh, which man. is a medical condition where 
you're convinced that you're dead or rotting or at least losing body parts. <laughs> so I, I think Charge thinks his arm is about to fall oh, off. Man. Might That's, be might be from that that tooth ailment that, that he's he's working with. As that well. does sound rough. Oh, I, get, I feel, get better, Charge. Yeah, get, get well better, soon. Charge. I hope you're back next week uh, to podcast with us on Fantasy Football Weekly. And you know, everybody should probably tweet at Paul Charchi and you know just get well soon wishes for his his <laughs> yes. ailments. Make sure that he's he's cared for. For, for all these specific ailments that he's had this yes, week. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tweet at him. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Scott, anything you need to plug? Nope. nope. Scott, Scott Fishbowl, Fish- uh, invites are going out. They I got are. mine. They uh, are. Scott Oops, Fishbowl. You did? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I think you had to put me in because I won one of the uh, oh, yes. <laughs> the qualifiers. <laughs> you won your way in. <laughs> I won my way in. You weren't going to put me in this year for <laughs> sure. Uh, but scottfishbowl.com, if you want to apply for the Scott Fishbowl, yes. there's still... You know, a couple hundred, maybe a thousand invites a of, that, uh, that you haven't thrown yep. out yet. Absolutely. Uh, and it's a blast. It's an absolute blast. Everybody goes nuts about it. Mm-hmm. It's usually the first week of July when the drafts are going on. Yep. Yeah. So uh, absolutely awesome. Thanks for doing this, Scott. Yes. Thank you. It's a good show. Good show. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Uh, for Matt Harrison and Scott Fish, this was Fantasy Football Weekly. We'll see you again next week. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.